procrastination is something that I often talk about with my clients. They would say sometimes, Selena, I will update my LinkedIn profile. Start posting on LinkedIn. I will go to the gym. I'll eat healthily. I'll quit my awful job that I've been complaining for ages and ages and start my business tomorrow. And when I check in tomorrow, you know what's happening? Nothing. It's getting done. I know sometimes it's hard and people would make tons of excuses saying, I don't know what to start. I don't have time. I'm not even a good writer. I don't feel to do this anymore. Is that you, my friend? Whether you're driving right now, folding your laundry, exercising at your gym, cooking your favorite meal, or you're giving me 100% of your attention, I'm so very grateful to have you tuning in today. Welcome to your LinkedIn Gale podcast, where I will give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to create a personal brand, business, and life you're truly proud of and absolutely love. If we haven't met yet, I'm Selena Yang, a former LinkedIn employee turned CEO of the In Academy. I'm obsessed with personal branding, content marketing, and using LinkedIn for business. If you're new to LinkedIn or have been a member for a while, but not sure how to use it to your full business potential, and you love a delicious cup of coffee and great conversations, then you, my friend, you're in the right place. So sit back and enjoy. Today, I'm super stoked to welcome my very special guest, an incredible LinkedIn friend. I'm going to introduce you to someone who is a productivity consultant, professional organizer. She has featured in Market Watch, Amex Business Blog, 30 plus top rated podcasts, and her book, Pivoting with Purpose Rich Amazon Bestseller 2020. And above all, she is known as the Mary Kondo of San Diego. Did your years just parks up just like I do? I want you to walk out today with this show feeling empowered confidence in taking action whenever you're learning something new, want to start a new project, and when you dive into building your own personal brand online or whatever it might be, I think we all need to use some extra shock of accountability and get into our daily habits that make a huge difference in getting to the finish line. And that's what this episode is all about. And I couldn't think of a better person to talk to you about make shit happen today, not tomorrow. So who is this amazing productivity coach and organization guru that I'm talking about? Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Selena. How are you? Good. So happy to see you and welcome to the show. So Melissa, I know today we're going to dive in and learn so much from you as a productivity coach about make shit happen today. But before we do, I'm pretty sure my audience would like to know about you. Tell me one fun fact that is not on your LinkedIn profile. Sure. Yeah. So it's funny because just before we jumped on, you know, Selena asked me, she's like, how do you pronounce your last name? And I'm like, well, actually, it's my middle name. Um, My last 
last name is Turkish. I have dual citizenship in Turkey. Most of my family lives there. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to visit last year, but we are going this year. Usually I try to vacation there for at least two weeks to a month out of the year. And now, you know, being able to work remotely is awesome with everybody kind of going to that remote workforce. So I'm super excited to go home and visit my family in Turkey. And that's definitely not on my LinkedIn profile. Usually people think Meryl is just my last name. <laughs> I thought so too. And Meryl, I thought that's your last name. And very, very happy that you share this fun fact with us. And please teach us how to speak your last name because I'm pretty sure my audience will be curious too. Yeah. So my, my middle name is just Meryl. I always say like Meryl Streep, like the actress that usually makes it easier for people to, to see it and understand it. And then my last name in Turkish, it has a bunch of Turkish letters in it. So that's why usually no one can ever pronounce it, but it actually means iron fist in Turkish. So it's getting shit done, right? Yeah, strong woman is all about that. Iron fist. I love that. So this will be Melissa Merrill Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it's a perfect, it's perfect last name for me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You are well known in San Diego with this Mary Kondo. Tell me how that happened. That's incredible. Yeah, so basically I started my entrepreneurial journey about 10 years ago in 2011 here in San Diego, California, and kind of just got started really scrappy in the professional organizing space. So residential decluttering, home organizing, you know, these people that come in and they figure out and help you keep, toss and donate and make your pantry prettier and make your garage more functional. That's what pro organizing is for those of you that don't know. Later in my career, you know, I side hustled for about eight years. I left my corporate job back in 2017 and decided to take it all full time and grow it and scale it. I hired a team. I had four people working with me and we were serving a territory in San Diego County of over a hundred square miles. So it was a pretty large market share that we had here. That was around the time that Marie Kondo and her show Tidying Up on Netflix became popular as well of course her book Sparking Joy book. And so around that time, pro organizing really started to gain traction and become popular because back in the day, no one really understood it. They were like, wait, so you clean houses? And I'm like, no. And they're like, wait, so you remove junk from homes? And I'm like, not really. I'm not a junk removal company. So it took a while for people to understand it. And then after 10 years, I kind of became this well-known pro organizer here in San Diego. Basically, you have this idea before Mary Kondo get famous, I would say. Yeah, definitely. And we definitely have different styles. You know, she's a lot more like, oh, you have to, you know, fold it this way and you have to bless your clothes and, you know, this and that. I'm more like, okay, let's get it done. Let's get it out of here. Let's get you organized. You know, I'm kind of the more boot camp style. (laughs) No BS. Let's let's do it. Right. I love that. (laughs) Me too. I felt a little bit bad when I don't bless my clothes. When I went watching it, I was like, uh, how do I bless my clothes? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it's interesting. And how that idea comes alive, right? Like why that's something, I mean, spark your joy of helping people to declutter or, or help organize it. Yeah, definitely. One of my favorite quotes, the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it away. And supposedly it's a Pablo Picasso quote, but nobody really knows. And that's really what I've tried to live my adult life with. I'm a child of immigrant. My dad is from Turkey and I have the dual citizenship and everything. So kind of growing up as a first generation American, I was taught to go to school and get good grades and get a job and go to college and live and work for 50 years and not question anything. And I was like in 2017, finding myself making six figures at the age of 28 years old. And I was like miserable. I had everything. I checked all the boxes. I did everything that any immigrant parent would want a child to do. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, I found myself not fulfilled. I was depressed. I had anxiety. I was overweight, all of these things. 
things. And I was like, I need to make a change. And what had I always been good at was organizing and cleaning. And I was always that little kid that was like alphabetizing magazines or like, you know, OCD. (laughs) And so I was like, hey, I can turn this into a a money-making machine. And that's what I did. Wow, that's incredible. If you have not told me that, that's absolutely crazy. And I could totally resonate with you because I have Asian parents. They're really, really straight about what success meaning and success, the equal is usually the dollars term and I don't like it. And um, now that I think about it, my success is basically my happiness. And I like this sparking joy thing that Mary Kondo is speaking about. And every time when I'm trying to find something that I want to do and execute, I always think about whether that will spark me joy. If that's not something that I want to do, I usually leave it. And that's really fantastic to know. And you decided to, you know, went ahead and make this a huge success. And I know you do. And you even have a book talking about pivoting. Yeah, yeah. So um, prior to, you know, leaving sort of the corporate rat race um, back in 2017, end of 2017, I had actually worked in consulting for Fortune 500 companies in human capital management. So like staffing, recruiting, managing supplier staffing agencies and things like that. So I learned a lot about resume writing and interviewing and career coaching and how to get people connected with folks on LinkedIn. And, you know, I always say your network is your net worth. And obviously LinkedIn is a huge tool for that. And so a lot of that is in my book, Pivoting with Purpose. The subtitle is The Hamster Wheel, The Rat Race, and Other Career Myths Holding You Back. It's kind of like, hey, this is my journey. It's a story of trauma to triumph. But then it's also a story of how to just grow your career, pivot with purpose. If you're finding yourself stuck in a career you hate and you don't know what to do, these are my kind of war stories of going through it all and then making that pivot into something that I like a lot better. Wow, that's absolutely inspiring. I like also the subtitle of The Hamster Wheel because Melissa, you know what? I had been there. Even though I really enjoy working uh, for LinkedIn and I learned so much during the past year that I've worked for them, I felt like the minute that I left the company, I felt really relieved in a way that actually I'm super replaceable. But I used to identify myself so much with the company. I mean, I am the LinkedIn girl because most of my business now is based off of it and share some of the insider knowledge. But at the same time, I could be replaced anytime. It's just one of the gear in a very world oil machine. So I like that you said, you know, the hamster wheel. That's exactly how, how I felt. You know, that's a lot of Fortune 500 companies is unfortunately at some point, you know, every company was a startup at some point. LinkedIn back in the day was scrappy and gritty and had probably five, 10 employees. You know, everybody starts somewhere. But at some point when you start getting into becoming investment backed, when you go public, when you grow bigger and bigger, you sort of lose that entrepreneurial spirit, that creativity, that innovation. And it becomes more about red tape and bureaucracy. And I get it. You know, you have to run a well-oiled machine. But unfortunately, some of us start feeling like cogs in the wheel of that well-oiled machine, right? Absolutely. So Melissa, before I sort of prepare for for today speaking to you, I was uh, trying to sort of research about procrastination. And I saw this meme and I felt very funny and, and resonate to the idea. It's talking about, I don't procrastinate. I wait until the very last moment to do things because I will be older and therefore wiser. And I was like, 
this is very funny. And sometimes, oh, come on, clients tell me about that. Like, you know, I will wait until the perfect moment. So this is a perfect segue for me to ask you. How do you coach people to make shit happen today, not tomorrow? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's my favorite thing to coach on. I've done a ton of like speaking gigs and virtual workshops and stuff during the past year on this topic. It's definitely my go-to. I always say, let's start with the basics and that's setting yourself up for a solid morning and evening routine. So, you know, if you're dilly-dallying in the morning, you're not working out, you're not eating a healthy breakfast, you're not waking yourself up in some sort of way where you're expressing gratitude or journaling or meditating or exercising, you know, setting your day up for success is what I'm all about. So having that morning routine, you know, making sure you're waking up around the same time every day so your body can get used to that system and that routine. And then the same goes for evening routines. So how are you winding down at the end of the day? Are you spending a million hours on social media and going into a black hole of time wasting and then you're staying up way too late so that you're tired the next day and you're not motivated to get stuff done. So going to bed early, making sure you're getting a good night's sleep, making sure you're eating a healthy dinner, making sure you're wearing yourself out enough to the point where you're actually tired at the end of the day. So maybe you're not doing enough during the day and that's why you're just like, oh, bored, sluggish at the end of the night, watching TV, watching Netflix. So really setting up that morning and evening routine, I'd say is the first step. I'm curious to know what's your morning and evening routine. Oh, what's mine? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm like OCD. So (laughs) mine is probably a little more intense than others. And I'm not expecting anyone to, you know, ever take anything I say, nothing but the truth. Everything is open to interpretation. I'm all about customizing (laughs) to whatever works for you and your lifestyle. I don't have kids, you know, those that have kids. Sometimes the mornings are just a crazy rat race of just, you know, shenanigans in the morning. And so I can't necessarily relate to that. But my personal morning routine is I get up at 5.30 a.m. every day. I do one cup of coffee. I do, you know, my vitamins, my breakfast, whatever. Get out the door by 6 a.m. Walk my dog. I have a pit bull. He's here down here somewhere. And he keeps me accountable because he wants to go outside and go for his walk every morning. And then when I get home, you know, just shower, get in front of my computer and be ready to work by 7 a.m. and have my coffee again and keep going. Evening routine. I'm actually kind of a grandma. I go to bed very early. I'm usually asleep by like 9 p.m. That gives me that solid eight hours of sleep. That's sort of the standard that you hear from doctors all the time. Get your eight hours of sleep. So I can't really survive without that. Sleep for me is huge. Wow, that's incredible. And and how do you manage to get all the things done before nine? Then I assume your dinner is super early too. Yeah, I go to the gym every night. So I walk the dog again at like 5 p.m. And then at the end of the day, I go to the gym every night from six to seven. And then basically I eat right before that so that I don't snack at night. That's another thing I want to talk about is decision fatigue and this idea of only being able to make a few decisions a day. And by the end of the day, if you've made already a hundred decisions on what to wear, where to go, what to cook, where to walk your dog that day, what route you're going to go on, what to send in that email, do you put an exclamation point or not? You know, we make so many decisions every day. By the end of the day, our brains are just frazzled out. They don't know how to make any more decisions. And so a lot of times this is why people will snack. They'll go to the fridge 55 times before bed. They're not hungry. They don't need to eat, but their brain can't make that decision for them anymore. So they're just like brain dead by the end of the day. So don't get yourself into that state of decision fatigue. That's another no-no when it comes to being a procrastinator. I love that. Wow. It's so true. I never really noticed that we make so much small to big decision every day. And that's basically using our brain power. You're so right. I have been to that sort of sneaking to the the fridge and trying to find stuff to put in my mouth without being hungry. So I can really relate to that. And Melissa, uh, to your really interesting point earlier, I agree. Sometimes we won't be procrastinating 
procrastinating a lot when it comes to our strength because we know what to do. And um, our human brain tend not to push that out because it's kind of like a muscle and a habit for us if we really need to go and accomplish that task, right? Whereas when you say earlier, when you feel very uncomfortable about certain change, you tend to procrastinate. And that's how I felt myself too. I I have a to-do list every single day. That's helped me to put together a structure. But how is some of the structure that you think is tangible for some of the audience could take away home today to learn a structure like you, you know, in the morning, the evening routine, and what's in between? Yeah, so you bring up a good point, Selena. Our brains actually really like to cross things off. So I know that, you know, it is the digital age. We have all these amazing project management tools like Trello and Asana and ClickUp and Monday. And, you know, there's a million apps that you could have to try to become a more productive person. I'm not about any of that. I'm about keeping it simple. I'm not about crowding your life with more things, more things to do. If a a simple to-do list on a legal pad with a basic big pen works for you, then do it. And believe it or not, like there's, I don't have all the statistics and studies. People can Google this if they so choose to, but there is actual science behind the physical manifestation of taking your pen to paper and crossing something off. And it's like a satisfaction. It's like an endorphin um, evolving type practice, right? So to-do lists, I'm all about them. The morning routines, the evening routines, avoiding decision fatigue, knowing your strengths. And then one other thing that I love to do is time blocking. Mm. This is related to the Pomodoro technique. You might've heard this, like working in actual spurts. I have my little yellow timer here. And that way you kind of like have those work spurts where it's focused time. Yes, absolutely. I am very interesting to to learn from you, Melissa, because I felt like sometimes I, I identify me, myself doing that when I prioritize all the small little tasks to do it first rather than the big tasks. How do you go about doing this then? Mm-hmm. So that's another one of my favorite topics is um, back in the day, there was a college professor. This is the story supposedly okay. that happened. Um, there was a college professor that walked into his class and he held up a water bottle, but it was like a glass jar mm-hmm. and uh, he filled it with a bunch of rocks and he asked his class, hey, is it full? Fills it up all the way to the top. Well, yeah, it's full. You can't fit any more rocks in there without them falling out of the glass. Okay. So he takes all the rocks out. Then he puts in some pebbles and Mm -hmm. some rocks and he says, well, now is it full? And they're like, oh man, you were able to fit more in there with the pebbles and the rocks. Mm -hmm. And then he dumps it all out and he pours in rocks and pebbles and sand. And the sand Mm -hmm. kind of trickles into all the little open spaces that were between all the rocks and the pebbles. He goes, now is it full? Oh crap. Yeah, I guess now it's full. So the point is if you're filling up your day, Selena, with, you know, you mentioned the little things because it's easier. It's the quick wins. It's the stuff that's like, ah, I just want to cross it off. I want to feel successful. You're filling up your whole day with sand. Where are those big rocks going in? Your income producing activities, your big rocks of the day, your big projects that are actually going to move the needle forward in your life or in your business. So put your big rocks in first. Usually it's about three, three big rocks. What are the three things I can accomplish today that are really going to move the needle forward? What are the pebbles? You know, the things that could wait, they could wait till tomorrow. Maybe by the end of the week, you get them done. And then the sand is like the scrolling on social media, the checking text messages throughout the day, the going on Facebook, the, you know, whatever is not serving you, whatever's not moving the needle forward for you. So focus on your 
big rocks. I love that. And think about the, you know, the revenue stream, right? Because that's where I fight my bottom line. If I do not do the work of all those big rocks, I'm just doing all the stands and those stands are could not help me to move my business forward. I love that. And Melissa, like tell us more a little bit about when we built a really good structure, we stick to it. Obviously, sometimes it's, it's difficult to basically keep track of it. Like, how do you go about this? Yeah. So, I mean, I do love sometimes I love the project management systems. Like I mentioned, you know, whether you choose free versions, paid versions, doesn't matter to track my goals. I also have used in the past just a simple Excel sheet or a Google sheet, whatever works for you. Again, it's customizable to yourself, your lifestyle, your preferences. But when you are shown your goals, when you write them down, you know, another famous quote is a goal without a plan is just a wish or a goal not written down is just a dream. So how are you keeping track of these big rocks, these pebbles, these sandy activities? You know, how are you keeping track of it all? A lot of times we store way too much in here and then that's why we get the decision fatigue, right? So storing it somewhere, whether it's written down, whether it's uh, electronic. And I like to set smarter goals. Most of you have heard of smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely or realistic and time bound. There's various different variations there. Um, Smart goals, ER, evaluate and readjust. So make sure that you're not just giving up on the goal. It's, you know, January 1st and you're saying, I want to lose 30 pounds this quarter. This is my New Year's resolution. We see this all the time with New Year's resolutions. And by mid-February, the whole goal has gone out the window. They've totally forgot about it, right? So instead of sitting down and evaluating that goal and then readjusting it, they're not just throwing it away. So set smarter goals. Smarter goals. I like that. Smart, not just smart goals, but per goals. I like that. And what's the time frame you think we should evaluate and review like what you suggested usually? It depends. I mean, in corporate world, we typically do this quarterly, right? So four mm-hmm. times a year and then set like a big, you know, annual goal usually at the end of the year for the next year. But I mean, I set goals sometimes weekly for myself, for my life. I have my business on the side. I also work a full-time job. So, you know, I, I have a lot of goals at any given time. So some are going to be weekly goals. Hey, I want to make sure that I go to the gym five days this week. Or, hey, I want to make sure that I do my 15,000 steps on my Apple Watch every day. Whatever mm. it is, set your goals how you need to set them. You're an adult. You can hold yourself accountable. It's just time to actually do it. Absolutely. I love that. And I like your quote so much. A goal without plan is just a wish or a dream. <laughs> Guys, put it in your notepad right now because I, I think it's a Peter, I want to say it's a Peter Drucker quote. So it's not my quote. But you brought it up and obviously you're the one that basically shared this amazing thoughts. When it comes to internal dialogue, we, we talk a little bit about it earlier, like telling us to, to go do it. And some of the things that I recently, not recently, but a couple of months ago, I find it and recognize it by saying I need to and I have to. But now I try to change it to say I choose to. What do you think about some of the internal dialogue that we're talking ourselves out of things and in things? <laughs> yeah, it's all about priorities. So setting priorities is always going to be personalized for you. Um, you know, and, and some of us obviously that work full time jobs and we're given, you know, quotas to meet or we're given deliverables to meet and objectives, you know, we have other people in our life playing those priorities out with us. But for the most part, a lot of times what I hear when my clients come to me is, well, I just don't have enough time. And it's like, well, there's 24 hours in the day. I'm a big fan of sleep, right? I am not the hustle culture. I'm not the Gary Vee. I love Gary Vee, but I am not the like work yourself up until 3 a.m. and then get up at 8 a.m. for work. I'm not that. I'm all about going to bed at 9 p.m. and getting eight hours. I'm not going to tell you otherwise. You see, you have those 16 hours of waking hours, you know, 
know, what are you prioritizing? Telling yourself, well, I have to do that or I choose to do that is a great mindset shift, but it's also more about I'm going to put priority on that. Today, am I going to put priority on this? Yes. Does that mean that I have to work an extra hour to get all my other stuff done that I would have been doing at this time? Yes, but I'm prioritizing this and I'm saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm willing to make that shift. And it's all about being agile, being flexible and knowing that you're going to have stuff. Life happens, right? You're going to have stuff that pops up in your day. You're going to have random fires to put out at work or in your business or in your home life. And it's all about adjusting and and reevaluating. Really, it's that, you know, getting smarter about it. Smart, but evaluate and review. I like that. The extra one always going back to the smart goals. I like that. How do you deal with productivity fatigue? Having to do lists, measuring, check in with several accountability forms. I think understanding when you're starting to see signs of burnout is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, burnout is this word that we are hearing a lot about now, just in the mental health space. Like being aware of those signs. For me, I actually get vertigo. So for me, it's a very clear sign that when I start to feel like I'm walking around in a bouncy house and I'm dizzy, I am way stressed out and I am way over the limit of my productivity fatigue. That's when it's time to take a step back and start to trim things out of my life. I call mm-hmm. this trimming the fat. Are you focusing on those big rocks? That's all that really matters. The pebbles can wait. The sand usually doesn't even matter. That's the sugary, fluffy, frothy stuff. But when you are able to trim the fat, you can figure out, okay, what am I doing that's actually not doing anything? It's not moving the needle forward. It's not serving me or my business or my life or my career in any way. Start to trim the fat. The other thing you can do is automate and delegate. Again, Mm -hmm. we're in the digital age. There's so many different things we can do to automate things. So maybe you're using canned email templates in HubSpot or in Gmail. Maybe you're turning all of your notifications off on your phone so that you can have truly focused time during the day. Maybe what can you automate? What can you make it work on autopilot? I do a lot of this in my sales and marketing for my business. I plan my content a month ahead of time so I don't have to rush to scramble every day to post something. Automate and then delegate if you need some sort of help. I've honestly hired in my day job people from Fiverr or Upwork supporting the small business gig economy, giving somebody else maybe in a foreign country some extra income and they're going to do a task way better than I can do it and way faster than I can do it. And if I have to pay them 10, 15 bucks to do it, please take my money, do it. Wow, absolutely love it. Wow, great point. Like learn how to delegate. Thank you, Melissa, for sharing so much amazing nuggets with us. Before we go, any last sort of like suggestion for people to take away whenever these like crazy procrastination mindset coming out and say that I cannot do this, making so much excuses what would you tell them? Yeah, I always like to say action cures fear. So by taking action, by getting a quick win, by making some sort of momentum, making that baby step, right? You don't have to eat the whole elephant. We hear this analogy, you know, how do you eat the elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. So really taking that first step, maybe if you're procrastinating on, you know, I had to create a slide deck for a presentation I was doing last week. I got probably like three, and this is usually isn't my behavior, but I just really didn't want to do this. It was a boring topic. I didn't want to make the deck. And I got like three emails from the guy that was waiting for me to make this deck. And finally, I was just like, okay, I'm going to close, you know, I got gritty. And I was like, you know, shoot, let me close all my tabs. 
abs. Let me focus on this one task at hand. And I just knocked it out. And you know what? It took me an hour. And I probably spent more time thinking about doing this stupid deck instead of just actually sitting down and taking the hour to do it. So I think just take whatever baby step you have to do, talk yourself into it and just get, yes. make it happen. I love that. Talk yourself into it and make it happen. Thank you so much, Melissa. I couldn't believe our happy times fly so quickly. It's time to say goodbye. Where can my audience find you and follow your content? Because I know you have an amazing podcast and your book and everything else. What is something that you want them to basically go and find and help them? Basically, it's right below in my name. So makeshithappen.biz without the I because it's technically not a swear word. So makeshithappen.biz. That way you can check out my book, check out my podcast, check out my past speaking gigs and YouTube videos and wherever you want to connect with me, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. I'm kind of all over the place, like Selena said. So I hope to chat with you after today's session. And thank you again for joining. And thank you so much for being with us today and having this awesome early coffee chat with me. Well, thank you so much again, Selena, for having me on. And I'm so happy that we connected at, of all places, my favorite place, LinkedIn. Absolutely. Me too. That's so good, right? Okay, since I still have your attention, my most popular event, Ask Me Anything AMA about LinkedIn Live with Selena Young is back. Yeah, you've got questions and I've got answers. Save the day 8th of December 2021 at 9am Eastern Standard Time. Over the last year, we have had a lot of you asking questions about all things LinkedIn. How to create a powerful LinkedIn profile, winning LinkedIn content, secrets of LinkedIn algorithms, converting connection into sales. I mean, all the good stuff. So I thought it would be great to host a live AMA with you all and take out all the guesswork. You will walk away with a solid understanding of what works and what not on LinkedIn and more than enough to actually create inbound leads. So go to www.theinacademy.com AMA and save your spot right now. This is our biggest event of the year. So what are you waiting for? See you there.